Hello, everybody. I'm Kurt Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. We have an exciting conversation today that will help us all. We'll be discussing the pursuit of greatness. If this is your first time listening, Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and the coaches together to share our goals and aspirations by helping provide the teachings and the principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest minds with us, the people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. This week, we're joined by Charles Schultz. Charles is someone that you need to keep your eye on. He's a leader. Most importantly, a leader by example and his own commitment to greatness. With his constant drive to improve himself through the process, which, is dis which was discovered at a young age, he used that commitment to achieve the opportunity to play college baseball at the Division I level at Youngstown State University, where he was a first-team freshman All-American, as well as a member of the very first team in school history to reach the NCAA tournament. He also continues to be atop the ranks of several offensive categories for the history of the school. After his playing career, Charles has not slowed down his pursuit of greatness at all. He helps others pursue and achieve their goals of playing collegiately. He has become the co-founder of Superfit Ohio. He's an author and the host of an amazing podcast called Edge of Greatness. Welcome, Charles Schultz, to the program. Charles, thanks a ton for being here. I'm, I'm excited about our chat. Well, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. That's awesome. I'm excited to be here as well. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And again, you know, I, I really do mean it when I say uh, I'm excited to, to chat with somebody who's honestly, I feel like, uh, really in line with much of my own pursuits of just challenging ourselves, challenging our, our potential of, of what we become. And, and I don't like to start off with, with too much cookie cutter questions, but I do want to start with just, you know, as we dive in today to discussing the pursuit of greatness, tell us about how that passion uh, to become great came about in your life. So my pursuit of greatness began in, oh, I was in Cuyahoga Falls. It was, I want to say it was 1989. The Bulls were playing the Cavs and Michael Jordan floated for 94 minutes and made a shot over Craig Elo and crushed my hopes and dreams of watching the Cavs play in the NBA finals. But in that moment, I really found myself wondering why he was so special. What made him so unique that he was capable of doing just amazing things? And so I started to look into what it was like for some of these people that I looked up to in the sports world and what they did different than everyone else. And at that moment, I, I knew I wanted to play professional something. You know, I, I didn't know what at the time I was too young to care. I just wanted to be a pro. I wanted to do things different than everyone else. And I wanted to be great. And so of course, along the way, I, I dug into what that looked like. And I set myself apart in high school by not being a guy who wanted to go to parties and wanted to do all the other things that made me popular and, I wanted to be good at sports. I wanted to be the best athlete I could be. And so thankfully I had some awesome coaches. I had some awesome experiences and I got some lucky bounces and things went my way and I got an opportunity to do that. So um, I never made it to the pro ranks, but I'm satisfied with how I performed in college that I think I could have competed if I wanted to go in the long way around, you know, and do some tryouts and stuff like that. But I'm happy that I chose to go a different direction and that's what led me to where I'm at today. I, I love to hear that. And I mean, it, and it is funny to, to hear that that passion was born so early in life because, you know, that's where we start. We start as spectators and, and we watch somebody not only achieve that greatness, 
But in that moment, it's, you know, reading a little bit about how you described him, you know, pumping his fist, but we watched people celebrate greatness as well, too. That, that culmination of the moment of where they came through. And it's just one of the beautiful parts that I love about sports that, that we just, we also get to do it, but then we get to experience that elation that comes from that moment. And, and it's just my full on belief that that's what sports can teach. You know, we can teach that aspect that we can do something and be successful at it. And I want to see people compete in life the same way that we compete in sports and fist pump because you, you know, made that shot theoretically and in some other aspect. So all that to say, who can become great? So it's my belief that greatness is a skill. And it's interesting because I didn't always think that. I used to think that greatness was the accolades. I used to think that greatness was the awards. Greatness was the guy who had the most championships or whatever else. And sure, that's what we're striving for. But the greatness comes before the accolades. The greatness comes before the championships. And so if you think of greatness as a skill, then it's something that we can all learn. It's something that we can all do and it's going to be messy at first and it's going to be gross and ugly. And there's going to be times where we don't do it well. But if you like anything else, practice enough, the things that make people great, you in turn can become great. And I think that's the value of looking at it from a different perspective is that it's not about where you're at now. It's about the process of getting to where you want to be that makes greatness what it is. It's, it's, that's the simple answer, in my opinion, that we all have what it takes to be great. We just have to learn the skills that make those who are already there like us. Absolutely. I, I fully, fully agree with yourself as well, too. And, you know, and that's just sometimes the, the tougher part that I think others aren't willing to wade through is that it's not an instantaneous process. It's in, and it's almost more fun for us to hear about those stories of the people who definitely overcome their limitations of their skill before you know they they became great because no they earned and they sowed the seed and they they just did everything that they needed to do to make it come to life and other people aren't willing to at times accept the failure as a part of the process of growth so where does failure fit in in the process of pursuing and achieving greatness well there's an interesting quote that i came across recently that i think sums up the pursuit of greatness perfectly. And it's by Dan Gable. And he says, the only place you start at the top is if you're digging a hole. <laughs> and that's the truth about anything that you're that's worth pursuing. You don't start at the top. So in order to get there, you're going to have to work through the difficulties of climbing that mountain. And there's going to be failures, there's going to be setbacks. And I personally believe that every one of our failures forges us into something greater, something more, something new. You know, when you think about failure, a lot of times we think about an outcome-based situation, but I think of it as an adversity that we have placed in front of us as an opportunity to overcome and become stronger. We're designed to grow through adversity. We're designed to become more through the challenges that we face in life. But if we look at failure as a momentary loss of a performance outcome, then we shy away from doing those performances because we don't want to feel that failure. But if you think of it as a stepping stone to a greater goal later, we're more willing to put ourselves out there and risk not doing it well, because this is just one part of the bigger goal. And, and I think that's the key is when you look at failure, how do you see it? What do you perceive that failure as? 
And if we can change the way we look at things and we can change the way we value outcomes, I think down the road, we will get better outcomes. But if you're always looking at trying to achieve something immediately, then failure is going to be scary. And when we're scared, we shy away. Oh, big time. <laughs> when we're scared, we shy away. And uh, from personal experience, you tuck your tail between your legs and you hide in plain sight for 10 years. And and then other things happen that make you have to to challenge yourself. But, you know, we, we talk about skills and seeing the perspective of how you view failure has got to be a skill itself. And, and I realize it's got to be scary in those first bits uh, to overcome. But, you know, after you've overcome those failures and you've done it a few different times and you look at it, it's way easier to go and look at the perspective, just like you're saying, and say, no, this is just the next thing that's in front of me as far as adversity to overcome. So I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite failure? Oh, man, I've had plenty. Um, but to, to kind of tie off of that before I get to a story about me, if you if you look at failure and you, you pay attention to what's the reason why we are afraid of failure and it's the embarrassment of what people might think. We are constantly failing all the time. And I had somebody on that talked about, you know, if you sleep through your alarm or you hit snooze, you failed your alarm clock that morning. So in a sense, you failed to start your day. And nobody cares, nobody saw it, you knew it. But if we start to look at the failures without the embarrassment piece, and you start to acknowledge the fact that we all fail, then it doesn't become as scary and it doesn't become as great and it doesn't become as crippling. And for me, so my, to circle back to your question, my favorite failure is probably that I didn't make it to the pro level. You know, it, it was one of my biggest dreams. It was something that I, I desperately wanted to do. It was something that I believe I was on the path to do after my freshman year and being an all American and finding myself as a four year starter, but I lost focus on the little things that are required to be great. And I wanted, I, I decided to have more fun than be disciplined in my approach. And that in my mind cost me the little bits to being excellent. Cause as you said, when you introduced me, I've had, a very successful college career. I'm, I'm still in the top 10 in several offensive categories. I'm still somebody who has one of two All-American uh, recognitions there. I was part of a fantastic team that won lots of games. And if you looked at my stats, you'd be like, well, it wasn't that bad. You didn't really lose a whole lot. But those details, those little things that I chose not to do that I did my freshman year, that's the difference between being an All-American and being drafted and just being a decent college player. And so for me, that's my greatest failure because it taught me the lesson that no matter how good you get, no matter how far you go, if you stop doing the little things that got you there, you will either slide back or someone will shoot past. And sometimes it's both and that's never good. That's that's powerful to hear you paint the picture that way because it, it, it is just those little things. And, and it is very interesting that as human beings, we go through these little things and changes and, and progressions that we know are the entire reason as to why we got to where we are. And then we stop practicing some of those habits that get us there. Um, and, you know, it, not to share anything of myself, but that exact same thing happened to myself. Yes, I went back and I played junior college baseball when I was 30 years old. I did something I wasn't supposed to do. 
And then I got to school. I joined a coaching staff. I was a full-time assistant coach. And then I stopped practicing all the things that got me there. And, and ultimately I had to look at myself and say, I'm, I'm bored of my own story. You know, I was, I was wondering why am I not progressing forward? I didn't do all this just to get here. It was so that I could get here and see further. And so that was really the kickstart of what started Pursuit for Purpose, where I, I had the calling placed on myself of where I started really looking and diving in and saying, you know, what is next? And, and that's, that's what got placed on my heart. And I knew that, and I'll say it to this day, and I'll, I'll always say it, I need Pursuit for Purpose more than Pursuit for Purpose needs me. I need it as the accountability machine that's going to help me stay the course because as you start to put things out there and you put yourself out into the world, it's a little bit uh, more of a, you know, that not a fear of failure, but you don't want to experience what you know you've already experienced. So I want to take the lessons that I've learned and move past that and now help others go through what they do. And I'll say it still, I'm going to fail just as much as the next guy but I'm going to try to use the lessons that I've learned to, to progress forward. So, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that aspect of, of your own experiences of knowing that you did these things, but you still know you were leaving things on the table from your freshman year to your senior year. And now you're learning from those lessons and experiences to help you shape the next people that you get a chance to, to be a part of molding. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you said, you know, you're going to fail still because I think that the people who make it the furthest, who get the highest, they're not better. They just failed more. They've learned over time how to overcome the obstacles that are there. And they've grown through those failures where other people fail and they quit. They fail and they learn. Right. I love that. that that's awesome. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a little bit more of, a, of, of the deeper question that I love to get to ask people. But Charles, what's your purpose? So... This is interesting because I, I, I think that we need to have a deep and strong and powerful purpose. And for me, I, at this point in my life, it's impact. Okay. That's my purpose is, is to make an impact. But I think the other thing that's interesting is my purpose is also to find out just what I'm capable of. So I have, in my opinion, dual purposes. And it's an interesting thought because I don't think that's bad, but I think it's different. And for me, the reason why I have dual is because if it's just about impact, I might stop learning. I might stop growing. I might stop trying to become better. So I've always been hungry to challenge myself since the time I was young. And I think that's why that purpose still remains is because that was my original purpose. How good can I get at anything that I pursue? My purpose is to get better. But now that I'm older, I want to take that purpose and turn it into impact. And that's what I'm trying to become is where can I take my drive to improve myself and help others do the same? And so I don't necessarily look at it as, I guess, two purposes. It's more at an evolution of my original purpose into something greater. And, and that's the way I look at what drives me every day. I, I really enjoy the perspective that you painted with that, of just even knowing that, you know, there's likely, especially with those of us that are really passionate, a multitude of different purposes that we, we serve and they grow from each other. And, you know, I, I've got my purpose right now, but I know that my purpose is going to continue to shift into 
and to mold itself into exactly how I'm supposed to, to serve. Well, ultimately, you know, it's, it's to serve, but that's going to change in definition of, of who I'm serving, how I'm serving and what impact, just like you said, that you can make. And I'm right there with you with just that aspect of absolutely challenging myself to become what I'm capable of becoming, because it's just like the alarm clock that you mentioned. Nobody sees it or nobody does it, but we know. And if we're not challenging ourselves, then we're continually leaving something on the table. And that's something that I'm trying to avoid. I, I want to empty the bucket and I've wasted enough time in my young life to where it, I still feel 18 from a mentality standpoint. Like there is so much that I'm still learning and I'm just scratching the surface of, of what I can do and who I can become. And I don't know if it comes because I was just out of the trenches with the guys as an, as an old guy, but I just still feel so youthful in, in spirit and where things are going that I don't want to lose that. I want to still feel like I'm on the edge of greatness that I'm, I'm chasing that. And even as you get there, we're still going to see that we feel and know that there's, there's more to more to become. So you know, I, I wanted to ask, what's your definition of greatness? So I've been playing around with this a lot and I, I don't believe that greatness, like I mentioned earlier, is anything about your outcomes. It's not about accolades. It's not about the achievements. In my opinion, I think greatness is the way in which we live our life to the fullest of our abilities to accomplish tasks and goals through positive habits and pursuing everything to its fullest, to its conclusion. And, you know, it, it's kind of a muddy definition, in my opinion, because I think it will evolve as I evolve and as I change. Because even today, when I first started, greatness was outcomes. You know, when I first saw greatness, I was like, man, he's great. He won. Now I became a, a high level player and I thought, I'm great. I won. And then I thought, okay, now I'm a coach. That was pretty great, but it was because of effort. It was because of how you practiced. And now I'm looking at it even more and I go, well, what makes those people who we want to emulate great? And that's where I think I landed today is that to, in order to be great, there are a certain number of things you have to do really well. And none of them require talent. <laughs> they require effort. Right. They require your ability to show up. They require discipline. They require commitment. They require an ability to deal and handle adversity. They require you to have purpose and vision and passion. And if you do all that and combine it with a level of confidence that is unshakable, no matter the outcome, you can achieve greatness. Uh, I, I hope that anybody that's listening is taking some notes and, and takes uh, take some good notes from, from that answer, because there's a lot of power in there. And, and exactly that. I mean, I, I think that life is a muddy answer. You know, it's not a straight line. It's going to be a lot of different things added up based upon our own personal experiences and also the information that and awareness that we've learned from a lot of other people. And, and that's completely why I've, I've wanted to go down this road because there's just no reason that I have to pretend that I have to figure this out on my own. There are so many people 
who've come before us and people that are with us that are all learning the same different stuff and we can help each other push towards those different aspects, see a perspective that we hadn't yet been able to see, hear a story that encourages us. Like, you know, I've, I've learned more from other people's experiences than I probably even have most of my own, but I get to go back to my own experiences and know that that's something to learn from because it, it correlates to something that, that somebody else had learned from. And I, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, in your experiences, what seems to be the most overlooked major value of achieving greatness? The most overlooked, huh? If I were to say, in my opinion, what the most overlooked value is, it's the ability to handle adversity gracefully. <laughs> Interesting. And the, the reason is, that we won't grow unless we face adversity. The storms are going to show up. We are all going to have to deal with and battle through our own storms, our own demons, our own struggles. And no matter who you are, you are not immune to that. Mm -hmm. But the ones who become excellent at something, the ones who become great at it, learn how to sail through storms better. They learn how to go around difficulties. They learn how to learn from the mistakes that happen and the adversities that show up. And so I think that that's the thing is a lot of times people try to spend too much time avoiding the tough stuff, avoiding the adversity when we should be leaning into it. We should be looking for it. We should be trying to push ourselves into those uncomfortable places that require us to be on the ledge, you know, close, to going over what we're capable of handling in this moment. And that's the cool part is because I could have said failure because in those tough moments on the edge is where we fail. But I think too many people look at failure already. They already think that that's the big thing that's missing. But I think adversity is where it's at. I think if we can learn to lean into the tough moments, we can find value in all of those moments. And I, and I think you hit on a very important aspect of adversity, but it's handling it gracefully and, and handling it in, in a manner that doesn't make you look like somebody that goes, well, you talk about facing these things, but then you just threw a temper tantrum when you had that, that challenge placed in front of yourself. And, you know, it reminded me of, you know, one of my favorite Jim Rohn quotes, which is, you know, the same wind blows on us all. And unfortunately we are all going to face different adversities and unfortunately, some youth have to face challenges way earlier than than other people are supposed to happen. But growing up kind of sucks. You know, we're all going to inevitably face some crap that we don't want to deal with. You know, we're going to lose parents. We're going to have people get sick. We're going to have to bury friends like life is great, but it is crappy at times as well. And and if we lean into just knowing that that if we handle the adversities that we do have in front of us, hopefully it allows us a better window into handling life's real problems a, a little bit more gracefully. And, you know, most of my wounds are self-inflicted. I, I haven't had to face a, a lot of the challenges that I know I've heard of, of different people. And, and I'm grateful that I haven't had to, but their strength and their perseverance is hopefully allowing me to grow into being somebody that can face the inevitable challenges that, that life will, will present us in, in a more graceful manner so that hopefully 
I can encourage somebody else in, in a more positive manner. And uh, if I, if I keep talking, I'm going to get emotional, but I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough because there's things on the horizon that nobody wants to face. And, and I think that we can all help each other see past, past the pain and into, you know, what can come from the experiences that we had. Yeah, no, I mean, I had a, a high school baseball coach who was my mentor and he was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer. And I watched him battle that for years with such grace and such power and such positivity all the way up until it took his life that right. it impacted me in such a way that he was dealt the ultimate adversity. He had young kids at home. It was a stage four going to die type of cancer. And he took on every challenge he could. He showed up every day. And his favorite thing was, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's a beautiful day to play some baseball. It's a beautiful day to be on the field. And that passion that he instilled in those young men that he was working with forever changed them. I already see them doing great things because he was a great person who has inspired them despite the adversity. He became more because of it. And those are the things that I remember. And that's what I lean into when I hear that, you know, somebody's dealing with a hard time is that we can either make it worse by how we look at it, or we can find some positive good to bring out of it. Thank you for sharing that story and that experience. And, you know, I just hope that faced with the different challenges, like we've talked, talked about that you, you know, that there can be a positive impact that comes from our own challenges that we have to face, just like you explained. And, and it's powerful to hear that somebody that had that card dealt made the impact that they had on you so that you could move forward and hopefully continue moving that train along and, and teaching that lesson to, to others. Because as we have that perspective, we'll look at ourselves and go, eh, I'm pretty selfish right now. If I'm, if I'm acting like this over this stub toe in, you know, in comparison type of thing, but Tell us a little bit about your morning routine that you're working on and developing, you know, how, how would that help shape your future and, and continue to develop your greatness? Well, I hope that it makes me more productive as a person. So I've been getting up at five. I've been trying to use my first hour, hour and a half of the morning to do tasks that I otherwise worth was thinking about, but not actually doing when I got home from work. So I've got two young kids with another one on the way. And I was sitting here at home playing on my phone, doing things and not paying attention. And I thought, you know what, I've got to find a way to get stuff done before I get home from work. So I can actually be at home when I come home. And so the 5 a.m. started as I've got a I've got a book I was trying to write and I wanted to get it done and I didn't I wasn't making time for it. Well, what's the perfect time when nobody else is awake? <laughs> I I will not be interrupted at 5 a.m. Nobody's calling me, nobody's coming to get me, nothing is in my way but me. And so I started doing that and I recently finished the the manuscript of that that particular book, which was awesome. And so it's sent and it's getting looked at by some buddies uh, to, to tell me how bad it was and how much I need to fix. And the, the good news is now I've actually, that was a, an awesome moment for me because it made me realize that I needed more of a why to get up at five. Writing wasn't enough because now that I'm done with that book, why get up at five? I found myself for the first time in a few weeks 
trying to convince myself it was okay if I slept till 5.15 or 5.30. And it was, nobody's going to stop me. And again, it's like missing your alarm. Nobody's going to tell you you're doing it wrong or you should have woke up. But I woke up at 5.30 on Saturday and I looked at myself and I was like, well, why did you, what was a half hour? What did that actually accomplish for you? You didn't actually sleep for that half hour. I woke up at five anyway. Like I just stared at my phone for 20 minutes. I was like, this is the whole reason I'm getting up at five to stop doing this crap. And so, um, I've started looking deeper at why I do things. And I think if you have a deep enough and strong enough, why you can do anything that's uncomfortable. And I think that was the value of that moment for me is that getting up at five is uncomfortable, but I had a good why until my book was done. But now the why has to be my kids, my family. It has to be more than just writing. My why is so I can get these things done, be productive with my time, and then be a good father afterwards. And that, I didn't have any trouble getting up this morning at five. Even though I was starting a new project, I got up. That, that's, that's awesome. And, and I mean, it really leads into you know, the follow-up that I, that I had for that particular question. And, and you answered a lot of it, but it's just acknowledging that life is about that balance. Even in our pursuit of greatness and excellence, you know, we still have to be present for you know, the families that we're growing and, and the people that we want to become, because we're not trying to do it for everybody else. We also want to do it for this internal unit so that, so that they're cared for and valued and everything. So how do you live out that balance? Well, I'm working on it. Right. It's, it's definitely a process. It's definitely a challenge because I think anyone who's driven finds that they get stuck in drive way too much and way too long. And I think that there's the, this key to success where we drive hard, then we rest hard, then we drive hard, then we rest hard. And finding things that can recharge your battery and give you purpose to want to drive hard is a huge piece of finding long-term success instead of just being a quick, a quick burnout in a 60, 60, you know, get to zero to 60 as fast as you can. Um, but being able to sustain that energy long-term. And so for me, it's definitely my family. It's, it's wanting to be here to spend time with them, see my little girl run around and laugh and watch my son be crazy and tackle the dog. And those things bring me joy. And that joy gives me energy to then do the things that are hard. And if you're pursuing anything that's worthwhile, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So you have to find some joy either in the hard stuff that you're doing or outside of it that gives you the strength to do the, the other difficult stuff. Something powerful that you had mentioned within that answer that I felt like really wraps up the idea of balance is sustainability. Yeah. You know, it's that, that we don't just do it to do it to do it and then get burned out and then lose the focus of why we were doing what we're doing. But it's, it's that sustainability to know that we're doing something so that we could also be, be present. You know, that's half of what fuels me or this drive to want to become what I can become. It's so that I can give all of myself to my family so that I can build that relationship with my wife and my children to the absolute fullest. And congratulations on your, your third on the way. Uh, I've, uh, I've got one and I've got twins on the way. So, Oh man. We are, we're, we'll be matched up with three, but uh, yeah. it's uh, didn't draw that one up. That's for sure. Uh, but it, it's a, it's an awesome experience. So, I mean, I, I know I've got all the motivation in the world to do what needs to be done, 
it's now just finding that that active balance in life to actually make you know what you're pouring yourself into not take away from the value of what you're becoming and you know i love uh, coach kurt hines who um you know shared recently you know along the lines of you know if it costs you your wedding ring in pursuit of getting a championship ring then you know it's not worth it and that's that's probably one of my biggest fears in all of this process is working so much to become the human being that I want to become. And at any point, leaving, leaving the thought behind of the, the people that I started doing it all for, you know, and yeah. it's, it's something that, uh, that I, I just want so much to make sure that, I, that I'm pouring that same love and energy into, into those relationships. And it's hard. And that's a whole new area of, of myself that, I, that I need to work on. Do you have any, uh, you know, do you have any habits that with starting this morning routine that you're wanting to practice more and more and more that develop the greatness of your family relationship? So I'm going to circle back to the, um, the habits piece, but the balance stuff is crucial. Like you were mentioning there, because how often do we see young athletes or young coaches go all in on stuff? and never, and then they burn themselves out and they're gone. Like you see kids all the time who go through high school, become this elite level performer, but they didn't understand their why. And they didn't understand balance of the pursuit. And then they get to college and they quit hmm. or they fall off the map. Yeah. Same with coaches, young coaches, they get a job, they grind it out because let's be honest, coaching is a grind, especially if you want to make it at the college level and you're doing all these things, you're on the road every weekend, you're recruiting, you're making calls, you're doing the dirty work, you're doing all of these things, but you've lost sight of the why. Why am I doing this? And then you burn out or you fizzle out or you lose your marriage, like you said. And so for me, being a business owner, trying to pursue greatness, trying to learn how to balance things, the, the biggest thing for me is to make sure that I am constantly doing enough stuff at home that I get the support when I have to leave because there are going to be times where I can't say no to an opportunity as much as I would love to be with my kids and my family at that time. But that opportunity has to come first in this moment, because if I don't do that, I can't achieve the level of success that I want. And the other thing I'm trying to do is to include them on things as much as I can. So my son, will periodically wake up at 5:45 in the morning for no reason other than to come downstairs which he's gotten used to doing now that I've been getting up at 5 he knows I'm in the basement so he'll come creeping down the stairs and he'll slide the door open real slow and he'll peek his head through and he'll go I'm awake and I'm like why well, see that what's going on and then Instead, where I would used to be upset about that because it was cutting into my writing time, I have him come over and we, we hang out and we talk into the mic because he loves it. He just makes weird noises and thinks he's singing a song. <laughs> and it's stuff like that where he now sees me do this and he comes over and he goes, put a song on, let me sing. Or I got a record player over my shoulder here and he wants to put the headphones into the record player and listen to a song and dance. And in the past, you know, I might be trying to do something that required my focus and attention and I would be upset that I was being interrupted, but now I love it. I enjoy it. I just go with what happens and there's always going to be something else you have to do 
don't lose sight of the things that are in your in your present moment that you know you love and enjoy that might be distracting you because there's always more work. So don't miss those don't miss those chances. Absolutely. And and you know, we can't understand right now what he might see that as as such a special moment between, you know, father and son. And and but it takes even that experience as yourself of of having shifted your perspective to be able to get into that zone now where when that happens, well, that's just as much as part of the reason of why you were up at 5 a.m. that morning. Yes, it was the work, but it was also to have those small moments in time and embrace that and and you know just enjoy it for what it is and and because you know there's going to be different times when you can't be there where he might wake up at that same time but you're not even in the basement on that given day you're on the road or doing where doing something else that's allowing you to continue to achieve the greatness that you're after so uh, i appreciate that sentiment and just really acknowledging you know for myself that i want to do a better job of even in the midst of preparing something when that positive positive break in the chain comes we have to see it as what it is and and embrace it because they don't know they just want our attention and 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 we got to give it to them when they want one of the things that i definitely hate the most is is any feeling of having to say i'm, I'm sorry I'll, I'll get with you in just a couple minutes you know it it hurts it hurts the heartstrings for sure of of the, that balance and that's an area that i know I need to improve upon and can come from taking a lesson from yourself of attacking some of those things earlier in the day. So I know that just even at the, at the end of this conversation, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm getting better as a person today in a lot of different areas because I'm still trying to figure out my balance, still trying to figure out how do I fit all the effort that I want to give into the day into the appropriate timelines that allow me to still make sure I'm the person I want to be outside of all the effort that I want to give. Um, last, last question before I, I give you a chance to tell us a lot more about, you know, where we can find the different stuff that you're working on, but what trait of pursuing greatness is overrated that less has less impact that most, you know, than most would think. Overrated trait of, I don't know if there's an overrated trait as much as there are misunderstood traits. I think a lot of people think that the greats are extra motivated, but the greats create motivation. They don't rely on motivation. I think that when you look at, you know, the word grit, we think we understand what grit is, but the greats have a better grasp of what it means to be gritty when to be gritty, how to be gritty, and when not to necessarily lean into grit and t- to pivot. Because I think this term grit has become so popular that we just think that we need to to buckle down and work through every single thing that's going wrong. But maybe in this moment, it's time to reevaluate. It's time to pivot. It's time to try something different because this isn't the right path. There's thousands of ways up the mountain. You don't have to go the same that everybody else did. Sometimes you get to a certain point in your journey and you're going to have to write your own map. You know, Lewis and Clark traveled across America first. They didn't have something to follow. They blazed their own path. Christopher Columbus didn't know which way to go. He blazed his own path. And at some point, if you really want to make a 
purposeful impact that's different than everyone else who's been there before, you might have to draw the map. And I think that's one of the big things for me is that, can I make a map that somebody else wants to follow? Because if I can't, then I'm not really doing anything different than anyone else. I'm just another echo that's already been said and I'm just saying it differently. And so, um, you know, again, I, I don't know if there's anything that in my mind is an overrated trait, but I definitely think there are misunderstood ones. I, and I, I believe that's the, the perfect answer to the question that I was even looking for is, is yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just much more about being misunderstood. And I really, you know, grit is something that, that I love as far as just even learning from Angela Duckworth and everything along those lines. And, and I, and I think that's a misunderstood trait, just like you said, it doesn't mean barrel through at the consequence of everything. It means as long as you're pursuing it and you're still doing it or finding that pivot, you're still being gritty. You're still pushing through to the, you know, the goal that you're looking to get. And just as you said, there's you know, thousands of ways up the mountain. So uh, I appreciate that, that answer wholeheartedly. And, and that, that hit me uh, right where I, I needed to be hit. And also just the, the aspect of, you know, drawing your own map. And I, I think that's, that's a beautiful sentiment right there. And, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed our, our, our conversation here today. And, and I really want to give you the opportunity now to, to please anybody that's got an opportunity to listen and hear, tell us everything that, that, that you can share about what you're working on or where anybody could share uh, or hear and uh, anything that you have to share that you're working on. Yeah. So if you, if you've enjoyed this conversation uh, first, Kirk, thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a real joy. I, I love these conversations. They challenge me to think, you know, I don't get to pause and reflect very often. So being able to see the ghosts that are happening in your background right now is pretty special. But uh, anyway, no, the, the chance to like ponder some deeper thinking moments is, is valuable to me. And so, yeah, if you want to connect with me, I've got a couple things that you can do. I, I've got the, um, I've got the podcast that I host. It's, you know, the edge of greatness podcast. It's free. I've got a blog on my website and some resources for a newsletter and some stuff like that. So you can meet, reach that at uh, theedgeofgreatnessproject.com. And if you're looking for something deeper, I, I wrote a book called Be Great, and I'm working on trying to do more speaking and more uh, team presentations and some coaching in that way. So if you're looking for something a little bit more and you're out there trying to have some guest speakers, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to see what I could do to help you guys out. Well, Thank you so much for sharing all that information. And, and the, again, the ghosts in the background, I think they're flicking the lights trying to say that they appreciated your conversation too. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate you being able to work through that, even seeing that there's a, something pretty interesting going on with some lights here. Yeah, but, you got some good yeah. stuff happening there. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I've really enjoyed today's conversation and, and you know, you challenging me as a person, just even with your answers to help me get a better understanding of even the questions that I wanted to ask. And, and just broadening my horizons and, and allowing me to peer into your experiences. Um, you know, I mean it when I say that uh, I think that you're somebody that we got to look out for, man. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in store for yourself and what you continue to do. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best in, in all your pursuits. And, you know, before I do let you go, is there, is there anything else that, that we didn't get a chance to share or talk about or something that popped up that, that you want to, uh, you know, leave us with? No, I appreciate the kind words. The biggest thing is, guys, no matter what you're doing, it's going to have hard moments. Lean into the hard moments and understand that if you are questioning if you're on the right path, the answer is yes. 
<laughs> we don't question we don't question easy things we question the hard things and the hard things lead us to the great things so keep doing hard stuff i love it I, again charles appreciate your time today and look forward to continuing to watch your journey and uh see everybody here next week take right, care thank you